0: Uh, we're going to read 10 through 14 and as we do uh, we'll get started on this lesson 9 page 37 praying together as a church Uh, as we study the subject of prayer today's lesson is pray together as a church acts 1 verse 10 and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up behold two men stood by them in white apparel that would be angels jesus had just risen from the grave which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where their abode, Peter... Both Peter and James, and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon this is the Lotus, and Judas the brother of James, the eleven of the twelve, they, they abode there, and this is what they did. Verse 14 These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his. Brethren, So it wasn't just those 11. There were other men and women there as well. And they were the early church. Jesus started the church. The church didn't start with Peter. It certainly blossomed after Acts chapter 2. But Jesus began his church. He began it with disciples of John the Baptist as we've been studying on Sunday nights and the apostles. And here it says that they met together in prayer. So we read... But after Jesus ascended to heaven, his disciples returned to Jerusalem. They met in an upper room and prayed. The Bible says that the first century church continued with one accord in prayer. That doesn't mean that they all got inside of a Honda and prayed. Ha, ha, ha. One accord means they were in agreement. They were together. They were on the same page. They weren't fighting or bickering or gossiping amongst each other. But they were in one accord. And of course, they were completely humbled by what had happened just uh, a few weeks earlier when Jesus died on the cross and then rose from the grave. And now he's left and ascended back into heaven uh, after a few weeks of that. And so this was all brand new. And they were just amazed and and, uh, astounded at what had taken place over the last month or so. And so after Jesus goes back into heaven... And, of course, if you have red letters in your Bible, he he gives them a charge and gives them uh, the last-minute instructions before he leaves uh, and tells them they're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other most parts of the earth. And so they go and they pray, and that's what they do, because what else do they do? What else do they know to do except to pray and just seek God's wisdom in what happens next? And so in the New Testament, we find the church having two distinctly different kinds of meetings. First, we find the church gathered together for the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. Everybody in here is doing that right now. We are gathered together for teaching and preaching in the next hour of the Word of God. All of us in here right now do that. But I wonder how many of us are gathering together for the second kind of meeting that the church had. Because the second kind of meeting we find in the New Testament is one that churches today have sadly neglected it is the most necessary meeting it's a prayer meeting every church should have designated times of prayer that doesn't mean it's the only time we pray and certainly you praying on your own in privacy of your own closet as the bible says is part of prayer as well but there is a collective gathering of prayer that goes on in a church A church, a Bible church, a New Testament church, and maybe not the church down the road, but the church in the Bible, they would meet for two reasons. Number one, teaching and preaching, and also for prayer. How often do you meet with the church for prayer? We are to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter five, verse 20. In his name alone is authority and power, and the Lord Jesus Christ it, 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 back in 2000 years ago many people were named jesus because jesus was the same name as joshua and uh and just today in, in the spanish world you have a lot of uh, uh jesus you know and even jose is a derivative of that and of course joshua in his name alone is authority and power but the the lord jesus christ is only one of those There's only one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in his name alone is authority and power. He is our conquering Christ. We must come to God together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let's meditate on some verses concerning this. First of all, Acts chapter 6 and verse number 4. Acts chapter 6. It says that they were, uh, those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Their church had blossomed. It had become thousands of people in membership. They They were really large at this time. They hadn't been dispersed yet. And the Grecians felt like they weren't getting the same treatment as the Hebrews. And it's probably true because we know that the the hebrews the the jewish christians were having a hard time with uh with uh gentiles getting saved and and the grecian jews would have felt the the same thing here and so then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said it is not reason that we should leave the word of god and serve tables in other words the ministration to the widows and to the people who had need uh the apostle said we can't become administers of of food or physical needs and forget what's most important so verse three wherefore brethren look ye out among you seven men of honest report full of the holy ghost and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business and so a lot of people believe and i agree that this is where the deacons first came from the idea of a deacon a servant in the church the word diakonos means to serve and uh, the idea of deacons, someone who would serve tables and to and to minister to the people, and 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 so these deacons were were selected here. It says, um, verse four. But we, the apostles, said, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And notice that the the word prayer came before the word. In other words, prayer even was was. Emphasized above studying the word and, and, and so on and the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen a man full of faith in the Holy Ghost and Philip and, and, and on and on it goes and so speaking of that we're, we're getting ready to have another selection of deacons and nominations and you can nominate someone that you believe would be uh, a, a spirit led choice on your behalf to tell Bob or myself about that and we will uh, select deacons here in the month of January but getting back to verse 4 The idea of we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And that's what the preacher said concerning uh, their emphasis in the importance of prayer. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 14, Ron quoted that. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Are you spirit led? Do you have the leading of the Holy Spirit of God? Or do you always just... Lick your finger and figure out which way the economic winds are blowing and which way the political winds are blowing and what it looks like. Listen, people bounce around a lot when they don't have leading of the Spirit of God. For you have not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the Spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And so we have the ability to have the Spirit leading in our life and to teach us and to direct our path. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1. Hebrews 8 in verse 1, it reminds us now of the things which we have spoken. This is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty of the heavens. We have Jesus Christ as our high priest. We can go directly to the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. We don't have to wait like the Catholics do and look for some human being to talk to. We can talk directly to the Lord. That was the thing. See, Jesus left them and went back to heaven, but when he went to heaven, they could still talk to him. They went straight to the upper room and started praying to him and praying for wisdom and direction through the leading of the holy spirit of god hebrews 12 verse 2 says looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith and so we need to recognize the importance and the need for prayer and constant prayer and as a church to pray together Uh, so page 38 prayer declares our dependence upon god these these Christians this new church this brand new first church in in the New Testament uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 when Jesus left them they were so encouraged of course they were overjoyed that he rose from the grave and they were so encouraged but now he's left them again he's left them not through death but by just ascending into heaven So what do they do? They recognize they need God. They don't go start some political committee or they don't go and start buying land or, or this or that or taking up a collection. They just went straight to the upper room, all of them, and started praying. Verse 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. The church met together. They didn't meet for teaching and preaching. They met for praying. They needed to know what to do. They came together and prayed, declaring their dependence upon God. A praying church does not run ahead, but waits on the Lord. There's a saying that floats around. I see it sometimes in social media, and I like it. Um, it goes something like this. Um, today's newspaper or today's uh, news events or whatever, an internet or whatever your news source is, might tell you what is going on, but the Word of God will tell you why it's going on. And when we meet together for prayer, we can pray about what to do about what is going on. You might think you're more knowledgeable or you're, you're ahead because you know, you know what is going on. But if you really want to know everything, you need to know why. And you need to know also what to do about it. Uh, your financial advisor 10 or 15 years ago gave you good advice. But that good advice isn't so good anymore because times have changed. You can know lots of things, but if you don't know the why and you don't know the who and you don't know how, you're going to get yourself in trouble, and and we need to recognize the dependence upon God, and if you're dependent, you'll pray. I saw this on a billboard years ago. I was glad it was on the billboard. Uh, The family that prays together stays together, and as a church family, I'm burdened about the fact that we don't have near as many people come for prayer as we do for preaching and teaching. But listen, preaching and teaching is only half of the meeting. There needs to be prayer meeting as well. And we need to pray together and recognize our dependence upon God. Certainly God's given us hands and feet and a brain to work and do things and to, and to be independent. But there's one area where we should always be dependent. And that's when it comes to God and, and our praying for the needs and the direction and guidance and so declaring our dependence upon God a praying church does not run ahead but waits on the lord so prayer declares our dependence upon god this church meets uh for prayer we we some of us met at 9:10 at 9:10 those of us that are here we split up into two rooms ladies and men young men, young ladies, and we just have a time of prayer before we even meet in here today. And so we've, some of us have already prayed together. Earlier this morning, there were some folks going on the van to pick up young people, and we prayed before they left. On Wednesdays at 6.15, we always have prayer time. The kids are going home from Anchor Club and so the drivers can't be with us at that time but the rest of us that are here we have our time of prayer. There's been people that they they're not here for the Anchor Club time but they come in at 6:15 for the prayer time. Praise the Lord for that. That's a good thing. We need to meet together in prayer. If we don't, we're we're not doing everything that the Bible teaches us to do when it comes to praying because the 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 meeting of the church is not just for teaching and preaching. It's also for prayer time as well. Um, in times past, we've had Tom Palmer come, and we had just a a, meeting, a week of meetings or a half a week of meetings of just the subject of prayer. And and he was emphasizing the and then we'd meet every night of that, Monday night, Tuesday night. We'd, we'd have a little bit of time of teaching, but then we'd go to, and we'd pray together, and we'd have a prayer time. And we'll do that again in the near future, and I appreciate Brother uh, Palmer's emphasis on prayer. So uh, prayer declares our dependence upon god our need uh to be dependent and to recognize our dependence instead of independent and and that's that's why prayer is hard because some of us are just too proud and too independent in our own mind to to recognize that we need god i I hope god blesses you enough that you get so dependent that you realize you need to pray more and uh, we all do including me then secondly we seek god for laborers through prayer matthew chapter 9 We see a need as well. We see a need for more people to be out there witnessing. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 37, it says, Then saith he to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He's not talking about a farmer harvest. He's not talking about physical wheat or barley. He's talking about spiritual souls. He said, We've got a a harvest ready and ripe but we don't have enough labors to do all the harvesting. Verse 38, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. The harvest field is the world. Millions are lost in sin. As a church, we should pray for God to send labors into his harvest. We do not have labors because we do not ask God for them. You have not because you ask not. And then thirdly, as one body, we agree in prayer. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of, for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. You know why it says that? That's the smallest plural number you can get. Two. Two. And what is it saying? It doesn't matter how small your church is. It doesn't matter how small your little group is, your little congregation of church. You can pray together. Even if it's just two of you, you can pray together. When we do meet for prayer, sometimes we will split up into smaller groups. And we'll have two or three gathered together for prayer in the church as we pray together. Uh, I don't know about you, and I like to break it up and so that we're not always praying with the same partner all the time. But there's something special when you hear your fellow Christian brother or sister pray. You get to know them better when you hear them talking to the Heavenly Father. You understand more about them and understand the relationship with God. It teaches us that as a church, it may, we're to come together in one body in agreement as well. In many churches, people do not agree with one another and love one another because they've never prayed together. And recognize the common need and the common desire that we have. We have power in prayer as we agree and bind things together in prayer to God. So we need to pray in one body agreeing with one another. And that is probably one of the biggest hindrances. Is that people can't pray together because they're not in agreement with one another. And there's factions and divisions. And prayer will help to break those down. And I encourage you if you've been missing prayer time. That you get back to that time of praying together uh if you've gone all week or all last week or all month without praying with the other believers in your church i think you're doing yourself a disservice and them i don't think you're fulfilling what you should be as a christian if you're not meeting together in prayer i'm glad you're here for the teaching and preaching and of course i miss it when people aren't here for that uh someone texted this morning said we're sick and that happens but you know what Prayer time is part of the church. And if you're part of the church, you should be there. Number four, we seek God's protection through prayer. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41. Matthew 26 and verse 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I just finished reading Job the story of Job starts out where Job is praying for his family and Job says it may be that they have cursed God in their heart. I don't I don't want to assume that my kids are just perfect. And so praying for protection over our family. Praying for protection over each other. The other night during our hope ministry of course we have prayer time there and I was talking about uh, what Brother Bill was teaching last month about praying for one another and, and on our prayer list Now, our new prayer list that we have uh, revamped, we have all the names of the church members listed. And the purpose of that is so that we can be praying for each individual, for strength in the inner man, and for uh, wisdom, and also for guidance and direction and that the love of Christ would dwell in, in their hearts and that they would be fulfilled in full with the fullness of God, praying for each one. And so We, I have prayed for each individual name that is a part of this church as a a member. Praying for you and then praying for others that might not be members as well. A praying church will lift up one another in prayer. Asking God to keep them from entering into temptation. So while I'm up here singing, I think it was, which one was it? I don't remember which song it was but I was up here singing one of the songs and I'm holding up the card and I see Gene and Larry coming in coming in a little late I'm sure it was Gene's fault but anyhow and I thought praise the Lord there's an answer to prayer because just last month only one of them was walking in here and now both of them are walking in here and so I'm up here singing with you all I'm thinking praise the Lord there's an answer to prayer walking in the door that's what it's about lifting up one another in prayer asking God to keep them from entering into temptation. And temptation is just everything. Trials, testings. You know, of course, lust is involved with that too, but just everything, all the temptations that we have. Are you praying for the pastor and for others in the church? You might think, well, I don't need to pray for so-and-so. They never have a problem. Oh, you better never think that, just like with your kids. Well, I don't need to pray for my kids. They're perfect. (laughs) pray for one another. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor's wife. Pray for... The pastor's family pray for the others in the church, seeking God's protection through prayer. So our dependence is upon God. We need laborers, and we need to pray. We need to be in agreement as one body. We need protection constantly, because Satan never takes a day off. And then across the page, on top of page 39, we have an increased faith and an enlarged vision through prayer. You know, we'll pray for bigger things when we start praying more. We'll expect greater things from God when we start praying more. Acts chapter 4, notice now Acts chapter number 1, they met for prayer. Acts chapter 2, they saw some great things happening as they were praying. By the time it gets to Acts chapter 4, their their anticipation, their expectation from God is getting larger. They're starting to see what God can do and they're praying for bigger things. I want to encourage you to pray, first of all, and then I want to encourage you to pray for miracles and pray for the impossible. Pray for that thing that seems like, oh, that'll never happen. Pray for that thing that you know God wants it to happen. It just doesn't seem possible to happen. Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. Who is this? Peter and John had been arrested, and they were told to stop preaching about Jesus. Of course, they weren't going to stop. So being let go, they went to their own company after being beaten and threatened and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them, verse 24. And when they heard that, when the people heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. They praise him. They're praying in praise who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Psalm chapter 2. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. The world is always against God and they look like they're winning, but they're not, they're losing. Verse 27, for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. In other words, Pontius Pilate and Herod and all the others that were gathered together against Jesus was actually part of God's plan. Verse 29, so they praise God and they remind each other in their praying about Psalm 2 and what it says. And then verse 29, it says, and now, Lord, here's the request. Behold their threatenings. They've, they've threatened us. And they told us not to preach anymore. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And so they're praying for boldness. They have an enlarged vision. They see what God is going to do next and what he wants to do. So we find an example of praying church, a praying church. In the face of opposition, they looked to heaven and said, thou art God no matter how bad it looks and how uh, powerful someone else might seem to be, you are still God. Their faith was increased and their vision enlarged. Why? Because they had been with God in prayer. They were in one accord and they were praying together and talking about what uh, God had done and what God will do. And they were encouraged encouraged and encouraging each other in prayer. And then we face great trials through prayer. Look at Acts chapter 12. They arrested Peter again. This time they're going to kill him. Acts chapter 12. They just killed James, the brother of John. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, that would be the the Passover time and when he had apprehended him Peter he put him in prison and delivered him to the four cauterneans of soldiers to keep him four quarters 16 intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people because Easter was still Passover for the Jews of the Old Testament but called Easter for those of us who are believers in the New Testament so waiting for after the Passover season he was going to kill Peter Peter, therefore, verse 5, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. You know, I I can remember as a young man, I remember um, the pastor suggesting this, saying, we're going to have a 24-hour season of prayer. We're going to stay in the building for 24 hours and pray no what what, what we want to do is we want everyone to sign up a slot or maybe an hour slot or something like that and to spend that time in prayer maybe a half hour and and, and to write your name down and and this was over in Gillette years ago when I was a kid and I remember there were people that did shift work you know so there were people get off work or or they'd be working all night at the mines whatever it might be and so there were guys that would sign up for the 2 a.m. slot or the 4 a.m. slot and the entire church individually was praying round the clock well that's neat And that was because of a special week that they were having or special need that they had. And it says here in verse 4, intending after Easter, and so verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. I don't know that they did a sign-up sheet. I don't know that they made it as organized as I just said it. But I know this, they all were praying without ceasing. That doesn't mean they weren't sleeping. But sooner or later, Every individual in the church was praying for Peter without ceasing. Verse 6, and when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keeper, keepers that before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise, up, quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel. He thought he was, a, he was seeing a, a vision, a dream. Verse 10. When they were past the first and second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of its own accord and they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from, from Peter, from him. Verse 11, when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he thought, Well, let's see here. What, what time is it? What day is it? Where am I? And he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark John Mark's mother where many were gathered together praying I think this is the same house where they had the last supper and Peter thought you know what I bet you they're there and I bet you they're praying for me and so he went and knocked on the door and a little girl named Rhoda came to the door and she was so excited she forgot to unlock the door and let him in and told the rest of the he's here God's answered our prayer in Acts chapter 12 the church faced a great trial because Peter had been in prison James had just been killed How did they deal with the crisis? I'm not saying it's wrong to call a lawyer. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a demonstration. But I know this for sure. Prayer is the biblical way. They gathered together in Mary's house and prayed. And while they prayed, God delivered Peter unharmed in the most unusual way. And of course, because of what happened, those quaternions, that quaternion were executed for what, they had lost their prisoner, and obviously everyone knew that God did a miracle. When we have great trials, the best place we need to go is prayer. We need to pray. We need to pray as a church. We need to pray individually. As as a church member, we might not always be collected together, but we can be praying individually for the same need. We're all praying. I, I know, you know, when when Larry was in the the hospital, we were praying for him individually but then we would meet together and we can pray collectively as they were doing in John Mark's house that night by the way they didn't have a property or a building back then they just met in a house and had church then lastly through prayer we seek God for opportunities to spread the gospel Colossians chapter 4 we ask God for wisdom and direction Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 1 masters give unto you in bonds that i may make it that i may make it manifest as i ought to speak So verse 3 of Colossians 4, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. And so we need to pray that God would open unto us a door of utterance. What does that mean? Open doors of opportunity. We need to pray and ask God for what's the next opportunity and how do we go about it? God, what would you have us to do? We live in a unique area. This is just a weird area. This is really kind of a fake area. This area is fake. What do you mean, Pastor? A bunch of people live here and nobody works. The reason why this community exists is because nobody needs a job. It's weird. It's a strange town. Another place just shut down this week. It's, it's terrible. It's sad to see. It's frustrating. Lord, what do we do about that? What's our opportunity? How do we do? Years ago, there used to be Star Academy. And and of course that provided jobs, but you know what else it provided? It provided chapel. And we would we would go in, we'd go to the girls' campus and have chapel. We'd go to the guys' campus and have chapel. And several of us would go in and we'd witness to the young people and several of them would get saved and some of them would get permission to be able to come here and get baptized and it was a great opportunity. It was a wonderful thing and and then it closed down. Star Academy stopped existing and course that shut down that ministry and so we need to pray that god would open to us doors of utterance we, we have the biker booth but that's changed it used to be a lot bigger and, and it's changing it's still existing but it's changing but then we need to pray about lord what what new opportunities what new doors are open to us that we need to recognize and 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 to constantly not just get stuck in a in a in a system that we, that we invented 20 years ago that was working at that time, but now isn't, but that we'd recognize doors of opportunity of, of ways that God would have us to serve and to be constantly aware of God's plan in the matter and that we would recognize the door of utterance, so recognize those doors of opportunity that, that God would have us to go through. And so how do we do that? We can't strategize by itself. I mean, strategy is fine, but strategy is just human. Strategize isn't the answer. Prayer is the answer. To ask God to show us and lead us and direct us. To give the gospel to this lost world. We need to pray for what opportunity he'd have us do that in. Uh, I think about a live stream. I think about internet. For whatever reason, more and more people are starting to watch from, from not local, from long distance. What an opportunity. But we need to pray and ask God to give us wisdom and direction and, and guidance and how we go about uh, ministering for him how will we know how to get the message out how do we know how to do it we must work hard and be diligent but it is prayer that opens doors and keeps them open God will give us direction as we seek him and so we need to seek him and ask him for his wisdom and his guidance and his direction his plan what would you have us to do how would you have us to to, uh, reinvent something or or go about it in a different way and sometimes methods are good for 10 20 years but now it's time to change something and do it a little differently because things change but god what would you have us to do next a man by the name of hudson taylor a missionary in china said god is always advancing god is always going forward he's never taking a break he's always moving forward so let's advance together with him in prayer as he moves forward, let's move with him and, and not be left behind. I want to encourage you today to pray more and to pray together. I want to encourage you to, to not skip all the prayer meetings. That's not a good thing for our church, and it's not good for you. I want to encourage you to be in prayer as a church. And I promise you, it's a good thing to pray together. You say, but I, I don't feel comfortable when I'm praying with others. Listen, it's not about you, it's about God. Let's pray together. Let's learn to pray together. And if you don't like to pray in public and someone calls you up, then that's fine. We're not going to ask you to pray out loud in public if that's if that's your desire and you make that known to to one of us that, that, you know, might be leading a, a meeting. But we need to pray with one another and pray together and meet together. Do we not live in a time where there's needs? We certainly do. And what better way? I mean, our, I mentioned it a minute ago our economy, our local, our local community. God's bigger than that. I'm so glad He's bigger than the economy. But we need to pray that God would, would, would be faithful. Because what'll happen is eventually this church won't exist anymore, if we don't ask God for some direction and wisdom, and ask God to show us and lead us and guide us and direct our paths and what He'd have us to do next. We need to meet together for matters of prayer. Let's not. Forget that. Please don't shirk your responsibility as a church and as a church individual member to pray with others. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to pray, to pray collectively, to pray at a special time just met, met for prayer, and then to pray individually. Help us to be praying, a praying people, a dependent people, independent as Americans like to think of it but always dependent on you very dependent on the need on the desire to see you do what only you can do to not fix things ourselves but rather let you fix them in the most magnificent way help us to pray help us to pray more help us to pray uh, collectively and to meet together into small groups in prayer and pray for one another and with one another and help us to rely more and more on prayer than we have in the past. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.